You are listening to the Daily Roundup here as part of the Reality Steve podcast. I am your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Good show for you today on this Thursday. I finally got your Bachelor in Paradise spoilers in written form. They've been out there since July, but got them in written form. going to post them today right after this podcast goes up. And I've added a couple things that I was able to find out. The Golden Bachelor has announced their television schedule for the rest of the year. We just talked about this yesterday, or maybe it was the day before. One of the last two days I talked about this and predicted what it would be, and I was wrong on exactly how the last few episodes are going to play out in terms of when they're going to air. Survivor last night, going to give you some thoughts on that. The Challenge as well was on last night. We've got some F-Boy Island news. And our favorite couple from a few months ago, one that we talked about literally every day for probably a month, they're back in the news. And we'll get to all that momentarily. So let's begin and talk about Bachelor in Paradise. As you know, I gave the spoilers back in July, July 17th to be exact, on my Twitter and also put it on my Instagram stories. But because it didn't stay and on Twitter it gets lost and on Instagram stories it gets deleted after 24 hours, I finally have put it all together and put it in my feed. And it's going to go post on my feed today and it will be up right after this podcast goes up. But... The couples that we do know got engaged. Kat Izzo and John Henry Spurlock. We'll see Kat and John Henry start their relationship on tonight's episode. Eliza and Aaron Bryant were the other two that got engaged. Now, the other happenings that I uh, can add. I had told you about Rachel Recchia self-eliminating. Well, what happened was Becca Serrano, who I'm guessing 99% of you don't remember, she was a night one elimination on Zach's season. She comes on the show, and she's the one that goes on a date with Brayden, and he ultimately ends up choosing her, which pretty much is the reason that Rachel ends up self-eliminating. However, Becca, at some point, right before the rose ceremony, where she's clearly going to get a rose from Brayden, she has some sort of freak out and before the rose ceremony, and she ends up self-eliminating as well. So I'm not sure what Braden ends up doing with his rose. But just know that Becca Serrano is the reason that the Braden-Rachel relationship does not last. Blake Moynes, this has been out there, I told you. He self-eliminates as well this season. He was not eliminated at a rose ceremony, and I know that Tyler breaks up with Mercedes at the end. So I'm guessing when they have to make their decision of do I do the overnight date versus do we not, um, Tyler's the one that ends up um, breaking up with Mercedes. Avon and Kylie did not leave the show engaged. They're together post-show. If you've watched their social media channels, it's very obvious they've been together post-show. There's obviously other people and other storylines that happen this season But these were the ones that I can confirm. So anything further I hear before the end of the season, I will put out there on my social media channels. But that stuff will be on my Instagram feed in a little bit uh, once this podcast goes up. So you'll have it there. Those are the main ones. I know you're going to ask, well, what about this person? What about this person? If I did not address the person you're interested in knowing what happens, that means I don't know. I just gave you everything that I do know in regards to what happens this season. So take that, and it'll be up on my Instagram page in a little bit. So yesterday, we finally got an answer to what's going on with Golden Bachelor, and we know tonight's episode is Hometown Dates. So I figured, okay, well, Hometown Dates is going to be 
you know, obviously this week, next week would be women tell all. And then the finale would be on the 16th. Cause I was like, well, why would you only have two people left on the 16th? Why don't you just end the show there? And because the following Thursday is Thanksgiving, like, why would you take a week off only to come back for one episode? Well, <laughs> I guess the, the people that run the uh, network and are higher up than me and make bigger decisions than I do, decided, no, that's exactly what we're going to do. So tonight is Hometowns. Next week is the Women Tell All, which taped last week, last Thursday. Uh, Fantasy Suites are next Thursday, but then they're going to take Thanksgiving Thursday off. 23rd, no show. And then on the 30th, it's going to be a two-hour finale. Don't know really why they're doing this, because that means, well, we have a one-hour Fantasy Suites episode where Gary and you know has Fantasy Suites with... Teresa and Leslie and then there'll probably be some sort of cliffhanger there and then we get Thursday of Thanksgiving off and then they come back November 30th and that'll be a two-hour finale I'm guessing they're going to do it like the Bachelor and Bachelorette finale the first hour will be what happened in Costa Rica right that's where they were for uh, overnight dates and then they'll probably have a live after the final rose show where we get to see Gary with his woman and no I do not know who he chose yet. Hopefully I will by the time the finale rolls around, but that's where I'm at right now. And they just released their television schedule. So there you go for the rest of the season for golden bachelor. They didn't say for bachelor in paradise what the schedule is. So we don't know anything yet there, but my guess is it's got to go into December because if November 30th is going to be a two hour golden bachelor finale, there's no way they're going to run a one hour bachelor in paradise finale. So probably, Bachelor in Paradise finale is going to air December 7th or the 14th. I don't know how many more weeks they're going with this thing. So keep your eyes open for that. Survivor last night was the merge, even though it wasn't the full merge because he had that merge with 13 people where it was draw rocks, two teams of six. One person is the odd person out. They choose which team they want to back And if that team wins, that person is on the winning team, and the other team goes to Tribal Council. So the blue team ended up winning, and Keturah chose the blue team beforehand. So six of them went to Tribal Council, even though everybody got to vote. And something happened at Tribal Council that I don't believe has ever happened, right? Nobody's ever won or ever pulled the... Shot in the dark, right? Has anybody made it? No, I don't think so. First time someone tried the shot in the dark and it worked. And boy, did it really need to work because Caleb (laughs) had every vote against him. Not one vote went to anybody else. And yet Caleb pulls the shot in the dark. Something tells me that's going to spur him to the end. Like, I just... I just can't see all of a sudden he's gone in the next one or two episodes. It's just, it's too good, and it clearly shows his story. I know he's one of the most light contestants this season. He's getting some of the most camera time this season. I got a feeling he's getting to the end, and um, it is kind of weird because if all of them wanted him out this episode, why wouldn't they all want him out next episode? I don't know, but... I guarantee you he's not going home next episode or anytime soon. I, I think he's sticking around for a while. But, yeah, he uses a shot in the dark and pulls it. It says he's safe. First time it's ever been executed, which means they had to revote. And, essentially, everybody voted for Jay. 
And I think one person, I think Jay was the only person to vote for Emily. So that's what you got on last night's episode of Survivor, which was the merge. And this is the thing that just drives me nuts every season when they merge, especially when they start a season with three tribes. Because when they merged, I've already forgotten who was with original tribes. I really do. And it's probably because I don't cover the show on a daily basis. It's probably because I just watch it for one hour or this season, 90 minutes every Wednesday night and then forget about it. But I'm telling you, I cannot remember for the life of me who was on what tribe. Now, some of them are wearing team colors, so I do under I do know that in Reba is is uh, Sifu, Austin, and Drew, and Jay was part of Reba, but they didn't like her and they wanted her gone. They were turning on her. They were the ones that suggested let's vote for Jay, but for the most part, I don't remember who was on what tribe. And once they all split up. We know that there were some of those, um, hey, choose one member to go on a walk. And then those people that met up formed like mini alliances sort of. But I couldn't even tell you who went on those. So it always gets confusing to me. Even if they put it in the Chiron that said, hey, original Reba, I, I, it still wouldn't resonate because I know that they've formed other relationships being in other tribes once they did the tribe swap. So I'm sure that the experts, the Rob Sesterninos of the world, the Stephen Fishbacks of the world, the Dalton Rosses of the world, the Eliza Orlands of the world, I'm sure they know. I'm sure they exactly know once the merge came back, okay, they have the numbers here because they were original Reba and they can stay together. And for me, it's just (laughs) my mind is just, kind of like a hamster wheel inside my brain. I just never get it. And I'm just so confused of who was with originally with who and who likes who and whatever. So so now to me it's just a new game. And now there's 12 people left, and we'll see where the votes start going. But I, under, I, I was surprised that everybody wanted Caleb out. I thought he was convincing. But that just shows that they know he is a major, major threat. Let's talk about the challenge. You know, I have a problem remembering people and Survivor when the tribes come together and who is with whose tribe, just like I just talked about. Remember I said that? Well, with the challenge, especially in the first few episodes, I don't know who any of these people are in terms of the international players. And I know some of them were on that Paramount Plus season that I've already forgotten the title of, and yet I don't remember a thing that they did. I do remember Melissa. And I do remember the dude, Emmanuel, with the dude with all the tattoos, because wasn't he with, didn't he like Tori? And a, a couple other ones kind of look familiar. Obviously, I know all the U.S. players, but for the life of me, there's a lot of players this season that I don't know. But I do like the fact, and I want to know exactly what the twist is when the, when the, um, the veterans come in just to compete. Like you have to beat a veteran in the arena, I'm assuming. But, you know, they're going to bring CT in and he's going to go up against somebody in the arena or whatever. And let's say CT beats him. Does that person get eliminated from the show? Like will the veterans be actually eliminating contestants from the show or you can't run TJ's final unless you beat a legend? Is it that? That's what I'm interested to know. 
if these legends are actually eliminating contestants. I know they're not competing themselves. I know they're not part of the game other than they're just going to show up in the arena. I don't think they're living in the house. Nothing like that. They can't be living in the house because they're not there to compete. They're only there to participate in the arena. But what their role is, we don't necessarily know yet. Although I'm sure some people do with spoilers out there, I think, for this show. But yeah, I'm I'm really interested to see how that plays out because it would be interesting and it would be a way to earn your way to the finals. Because we just watched a whole season of the Challenge USA on CBS Season 2, and there were people that got to the finals that never competed once in the arena. And I know that probably doesn't sit well with TJ because in past seasons we've seen, like, you have to win in the arena at least once to qualify for my final. And the final that we just saw on season two of the Challenge USA, who was it? Bananas. It was Chris Underwood. Bananas never went into the arena all season. Chris Underwood did like five times and won all five times. Maybe that's the thing. Maybe people need to go in the arena and get themselves mentally prepared for a final. Chris went in there four or five times and won every time. Bananas never went in once and finished, what, third? Corey, I don't believe, maybe he went down to the arena once he had to. He got called in. But uh, I would think uh, on this MTV season, and we're getting it soon because TJ said at the end of the episode last night, there's a countdown clock, and he said the game's going to change. And none of these people have any clue what's happening, although I'm sure they think vets are being brought in to compete because what else could happen when the countdown clock hit zero, you know? Um, I'm sure they think vets are coming in but and actually competing, but they'll probably be happy to find out, oh, we just have to beat them in the arena, which is no easy task since they're bringing back a lot of the heavy hitters. I mean, Car Maria's even coming back. So you got Car Maria, just off the top of my head, Car Maria, Laurel, CT, Darrell, I think Brad, I think Bananas, Tori, I mean that's six or seven of the ten, but yeah, I'm 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 really curious to see how the play this plays out, and I'm curious to see if this is going to end up being a international versus U.S. alliance thing. It seems like that's kind of where we're headed. I don't really understand what Chauncey was doing last night with his strategy. It was bizarre, especially for a guy who just had a kid, and I'm sure would have loved to take home the money. I didn't know what his strategy was in the arena. I was a little confused about that arena game, but apparently a lot about reality TV confuses me. But yeah, I, I, I it was it was a good episode, but I, I really am waiting for the vets to come in and absolutely kind of flip the game on its head. Because the only other time they ever did that, and they brought them in like mid season, they were still allowed to compete in the game, right? Or or were they were like mercenaries? But couldn't they go on and compete after that? I believe they I believe they could. So this is going to be a really fun ending to the season. And it's something different. And I like the fact that we're getting a new winner. I really do. And if you ask me who I think is going to win or versus who I want to win, considering it's only going to be one winner apparently, I'm rooting for Horacio. There's just something about that guy that is so likable. I almost feel like he doesn't belong on an MTV show. He's almost too clean for this show, but he's a badass, and I can't wait to see him compete. I hope he wins. I really do. That's the one guy I'm rooting for this season. 
Probably didn't think we'd had F-Boy Island news on this Thursday, but we do because I didn't realize this because I watched the screener, and the screener didn't mention anything about the show Changing Nights. So I didn't watch it when it airs on the CW on Mondays. I watched the episode over the weekend and come to find out that F-Boy Island is now moving to Friday nights. So we're not going to get, you're not going to hear from me give my thoughts on F-Boy Island until Mondays now. But I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing or it really doesn't matter thing because we saw what the ratings drew on a Monday. I don't think it's all of a sudden going to double or triple by going to Friday. It just isn't. Usually shows are put on Friday to go die. But I don't care what the ratings are for this show. It's still a better show than Paradise. Flat out. It just is. It's funnier. It's way more lighthearted. And I I enjoy the fact that they're in on the joke. And I told you one of my favorite episodes is going to be coming up tomorrow night. And that's where the girls get to look at the Instagram pages of all the guys and then question them on it. That's always fun. Now... If you've watched the show in the past and you are a guy going on F-Boy Island, you'd think you'd probably delete or clear up any pictures on your Instagram page before leaving for filming. Apparently they did not. So we'll find out tomorrow which guys have anything incriminating on their Instagram page. And always a good episode. We still need to find out at the beginning of the episode which guy each girl is sending home. Katie's got to send someone home, and Hallie's got to send someone home. And I keep wanting to call her Natalie. I don't know why I keep wanting to call the blonde girl Natalie, but it's Danny, short for Daniela. Don't ask me why I keep wanting to call her Natalie, but it's driving me nuts. But I will correct myself. Or I might actually just call her uh, Natalie and completely forget so if I do just know for whatever reason she's in my head as a Natalie and I want to call it short for Natty because I know that she's got a uh, you know a longer name and she goes by a shorter name Danielle is her name she goes by Danny I don't know why I think her name's Natalie and she goes by Natty (laughs) don't ask And finally, one of the favorite couples of the Daily Roundup is back in the news. We talked about them all the time, seemingly for like a month. Then they disappeared, and now they're back. Former GMA co-stars Amy Robach and TJ Holmes have hard-launched their relationship, even though we've known they've been together for quite a while now. Hard-launched their relationship yesterday, and they're starting a podcast. What a shocker. They really went creative on their podcast title, too. Amy and TJ. (laughs) I hope you didn't uh, put any focus groups on that one. And, uh, I mean, could could you think of something less innovative than Amy and TJ? It'll premiere on December 5th, according to the press release. Robach and Holmes will serve not only as co-hosts and executive producers, but they will also be collaborating on a full slate of programming for the network. The twosome plan to, quote, explore meaningful conversations about current events, pop culture, and everything in between on their show, and nothing is off limits. The podcast will mark the first time Robach and Holmes speak publicly since their own names became part of the headlines. If their first show isn't all about what the hell happened... 
when they were basically caught together, even though they hadn't officially publicly left their spouses, then they're failing. I'm sure they're going to talk about it. How much they're going to talk about it, who knows. But, you know, I don't think any of us are surprised that they're doing a podcast together. And is it going to be successful? Who knows? There's so many podcasts out there. If you have time to squeeze in Amy and TJ into your podcasting schedule, all the power to you. I just don't know exactly what the, I don't know, is the, is there really a demand for these two to have a podcast? Probably not. But they do have fans from GMA, so people will tune in. It's just a matter of will they continue to tune in. Clearly, the first few episodes where they talk about everything will make news, and I'm not going to listen to two seconds of it because I know Us Weekly will do my job for me, and they will write a recap of what Amy and TJ say about their quote-unquote scandal from whenever that was, earlier this year. I can't even remember when that was. But, yeah, I think we're going to get that, and we'll, we'll discuss that, and we'll go over their quotes from the first episode, but I don't have time to listen to these two. Anyway, thank you all for listening. Really appreciate it. Please follow me on Apple Podcasts. Also, rate and review. Coming up in two hours from now, my weekly podcast with She's All Batch. Hosts Stephanie Parker and Jackie Maroney are on. And then in an hour from now, the Sports Daily will be up. Yes, I hit the biggest futures bet I've ever hit in my life. February, I put in a bet that the Texas Rangers were going to win the World Series. And it hits. Unbelievable can't believe it happened it was really not because i actually thought they would it was just put it in for fun and because they were such had such high odds i like betting games i like betting futures where you actually get a nice return and i did but did i actually think they were going to win the world series when i put the bet in back in february no i didn't and also like i said at the beginning of this podcast your Bachelor in Paradise spoilers will be up on my Instagram feed in, uh, within 10 or 15 minutes of this podcast going up. So thank you all for listening. Really appreciate it. And I will talk to you tomorrow. See you.